0: Welcome to You Are Not Broken, the only podcast that combines science, medicine, and psychology to re-educate your brain and help you live your best love life. And I'm your host, board-certified female urologist, Dr. Casperson. Hey you guys, it's Kelly. I am doing a podcast that I'm going to drop like tomorrow, and it's night, and I'm on call, and my kids are sleeping. What could possibly go wrong Um, besides the ER calling and me having to quit this and go to the hospital? So the risks of podcasting while on call, I don't think I've, I've I've done a podcast episode on call before. So here we are. I also have Instagram pulled up because you guys, I'm six, six followers away from 10,000. When I started, I started this Instagram like two years ago. Did I start it before the podcast? Da, 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 da. I can't remember. Around the time of the podcast, Instagram also started and I am six people away from 10,000, which used to be a big deal because when you hit 10,000, you got the like the ability to post links and now they gave that to everybody like two months ago so now I'm not sure if you get a prize for getting 10,000 but I think it's a big deal 10,000 is a lot like there are big people out there I don't think I'm one of them but I'm close to 10,000 on Instagram so literally I was like maybe I'll just join maybe I'll just stay on podcasting and Instagram until I hit 10,000 followers because I'm only six away and I want to watch it happen but I don't think I can actually be live on Instagram and watch how many followers I'm getting but I thought I would just if anybody's watching me and can tell me when I hit 10,000, if I t- hit 10,000 while I'm podcasting, I just think it'd be cool. So today I'm going to do three things, God willing, if the hospital doesn't call me back on call. So the first thing I wanted to do was if you guys follow, do you guys follow Rosie, uh, MeetRosie.com. It's an amazing app startup. If not, check it out. I have no um, no skin in the game on this, but I do advise her. I do advise them, and I'm going to be working with them in the future. But Dr. Lindsay Harper is a gynecologist. She started this app. It's called Rosie Meetrosie.com, I think. Now I'm going to have to Google it. Here we go. meetrosie.com. Maybe. Live. Googling. Now you know this app. Yep, meetrosie.com. So it's an app. Uh, there's a free section. There's a member section. You can do sex coaching on there with my good friend, Dr. Sonia Wright. I know she does coaching. I am probably going to play with coaching a time or two on Meet Rosie because I love Dr. Harper so much and I don't do a lot. Uh, I don't do any one-on-one sex coaching right now because hashtag busy on call. ER is going to call. I have a day job, um, but I love doing it. I love talking to people about that. I was going to say women, but I coach I coach anybody um, because our brain is our biggest sex organ, you guys. So who didn't know that? Who gets taught that in sex ed? That's what we need to get taught in sex ed, that your brain is your biggest sex organ. So point being, Rosie polled 1,000 long-term couples and just published today, I got this in my email, the State of Sex Report. So uh, informal poll by Rosie. They surveyed 1,000 men and women in committed relationships and found some interesting results. So you guys, this is just one poll. This is not like all the people in the world. So take you with a grain of salt and I will add commentary as I go through this. So this is the State of Sex Report 2021 by Rosie, a thousand committed people uh, polled. We want to know how often are other couples having sex? I always joke that I don't want to tell people how often people are having sex because this is not a should. So take these results. This is polling a thousand people. That's it. This is not a should. This is not you matching up or being awesome or anything. No judgment. It just is what it is. As long as you're having a happy sex life, God bless. No judgment. Most couples are having sex two to four times a month. 2% are having daily. 20% are having two to three times a week. 23% are having once a week. 26% a few times a month. 12% once a month. 14% a few times a year. 3% never. So this is good. This is a sexually active population because uh, Barry McCarthy, who is a sex therapist and wrote Reclaiming Desire, which I highly recommend, um, the data he quotes is like 10% of marriages are sexless or low sex, which is less than, um, yeah, I guess that would fit here. 14% or a few times a year, that's considered by Dr. McCarthy a sexless marriage. And so that 14 plus three, that's 17%. Okay, there you go. Uh, it matches up. Rosie's people are just like other data. Does age really matter? Um, So what they were polling here is how often couples are having sex based upon their age. Um, The majority of people age 18 to 24 are having sex two to three times per week, which is just where like 20% of everybody was. Um, If you're 65 plus... You are in the few times a month, once a a week category is actually your biggest category, 65 plus. There you go. So that's a big myth, you guys. It's a big myth that young people, old people have this myth too, that like older people aren't sexually active. They are. Their sex might look different than the sex of 24 year olds, but that's not a bad thing. More women are having orgasms. You get get better at having orgasms as you get older. People don't tell people that, but it's true. Uh, Okay, so this is an interesting statistic. Um, Feeling satisfied. 27% of women are unsatisfied with their sex life. 34% of men are unsatisfied with their sex life. Again, this is just one poll. God bless Rosie and the people they're polling. But why are more men unsatisfied with their sex life? What's that about? I need more. I need to dig deeper into this we'll have to get it would be fun to have um dr lindsey harper on here because i'm like why are all these men if we live in a heteronormative society where more men are having more orgasms than women and if we use orgasms as a marker of pleasure because that's an easy thing to measure why are more men unsatisfied in their sex life what's that about what's unsatisfying is it the amount of sex you're having the quality of sex you're having what's happening Okay, um, while well, 82% of men reported they believe their partner is satisfied with their sex lives, only 73% of women reported that they are satisfied. Interesting statistic. So men think more women are satisfied than women that women are. That would make sense. We do, we, women have fake orgasms all the time. The guy's thinking she's having a great time. She's like, uh, sorry, I have to keep faking so I can make this end. I'm drinking decaf coffee because it's tasty and I love Drinking coffee when I podcast. Okay, so um, 63% of women reported they believe their partner is satisfied with their sex lives, which is much closer to the 66% of men who reported that they were satisfied. 66% of men are satisfied with their sex lives? What's happening? AKA, it seems women have a better gauge of how their partner feels about their sex life. Is this because their partners are more vocal about their needs? They think so. Okay, fair enough. All right, so now we have another question. Which comes first, sex or satisfaction? Take a look at how sex and satisfaction correlate. You can probably find this if you guys want to look at State of uh, state of Sex Report by Rosie on their app or on their website at meetrosie.com. Uh, okay, so people who are having daily sex, they seem they are reporting being very satisfied. No shit Sherlock. Okay, I'm like, can I swear on my own podcast? Hell yeah. Um People who are never having sex are actually quite unsatisfied. Isn't that interesting? Versus I'm not having sex and like, that's fine. But maybe those aren't the people. There's got to be a like who you're asking bias in this, right? Okay. Because like the happy people who aren't having sex aren't on sexual wellness apps taking quizzes. So inherent bias in the people that they quiz. But that's okay. Just know it. Okay, who reaches orgasm more regularly? The answer is less than surprising, is what they say. 66% of women reach orgasm regularity. 90% of men reach orgasm regularly. Regularly? Regularly? (laughs) Okay, Um, and then they said, may we suggest clitoral stimulation? Uh, Yeah. Because the clitoris is the organ of orgasm, you guys. Like, it's. It just shouldn't be. May we suggest the penis is how guys come? Like, may I suggest? Like, don't suggest it. That's freaking how women have orgasms. We can't downplay this. Okay, you and your partner sexual problems. Nearly seventy seventy-seven percent of women report low sexual desire. Wow. We got to dig into that one. And 50% of men report erectile dysfunction as the top sexual problems they experience. Okay, so Casperson, like read the whole sentence before you start giving your opinion. Let's try that again. Nearly 77% of women report low sexual desire and 57% of men report erectile dysfunction as the top sexual problems they experience. Yeah, there you go. Here are the other common concerns each are facing. Um, Low sexual desire um, complaints by men, 27%. So... Men have low sexual desire issues too. Um, erectile dysfunction. No women report erectile dysfunction in this poll. Very interesting. Way to be thorough. Uh, 57% of men say that's their top concern. Body image concerns are a, the woman's second most common sexual problem. That's a big issue, guys. How we think about our body and us like over judging and what they call spectating, watching our body have sex is horrific if you're like I want to have easy orgasms and feel great about sex and want to have sex like that those two things are not in the same room it's very important to realize your body image issues work on it love yourself all the things it's just so easy for me to say love yourself right it's because it's just so easy it is a practice you guys it is a practice it's not always easy but it's doable and obtainable there's this awesome book what is it called I'm looking over at my bookshelf where the books are not facing me. So I can, it's like, it's this amazing book. It's got this amazing, beautiful, naked black woman on the top of it. I'm blanking. But her whole point, ugh, oh, your body is not an apology. Boom. Read it. It's amazing. So what she says is she says it's not good enough for us just to be like, okay, and have acceptance. We should freaking love ourselves love our bodies as a statement of radicalness in this society that tells us we're not good enough. We're not thin enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not perfect enough. We need to buy things. We need to consume things. We need to do surgery, all those things to be okay. She's like, fuck that radical self love is the most radical thing you can do in this society that tells women how they should be all the time. So read that book. It's very powerful. Um, okay. Decreased arousal, 34% of women jumping right back into the poll. Um, Decreased arousal is a 34% of women's top concerns. Um, Sexual pain, 22% sexual pain, you guys. Pain with sex is never okay unless you're choosing to have pain as part of pleasure, which is a whole entirely different conversation and like totally different. Okay, spicing things up. We know that women love erotica, but we were surprised just to see how much men love it too. Ooh, I think they're defining erotica as reading because there's erotic podcasts and there's a lot of erotic video but I think they're talking about erotica specifically reading so 44% of women read erotica again biased these are women who are probably subscribing to a sexual health app right but of those women 44% of women read erotica their favorite categories are romance multiple partners fantasy bdsm and kink of men read erotica. Their topics are married, romance, kink, fantasy, and multiple partners. Only 13% have read erotica with a partner. Here's the secret, you guys. So many secrets. Um, Fantasies that you have, sexual fantasies. Number one, they're all okay unless you act on them and it harms somebody. Number two, you don't have to share them with your partner. It's just a fantasy. You don't have to share that with them. It might not be their fantasy. You might not want them to know your fantasy. You might not want them to judge your fantasy. You don't need to tell them. And it's totally okay. Doesn't mean you're cheating on them. Okay, moving on. Sex toys. How often do you use a sex toy with your partner? 45% of women said they never use a sex toy with a partner. Holy crap. Almost 50% of women never use a sex toy with a partner. These the same women that are struggling with orgasm, I wonder. We need to get Dr. Harper on here because I have a lot of questions. Um, okay, so 45% of women said they never use a sex toy with a partner, and here are the common reasons why. Uncomfortable, too shy, no interest, don't need one, embarrassed, awkward, afraid to ask. Of all of those, the don't need one is, that's fine. Um, all of the other ones, like, oh, no interest. No interest, that's okay. It's all okay. No judgment, though. So. Okay, so 55% of men use a sex toy with your partner. So more men use sex toys with their partner than women do. Interesting. Um, Common reasons why men use sex toys with their partner. This is good to know. Clitoral stimulation, her orgasm, novelty, change things up, increase orgasm, pleasure, adventure, fun, and easier orgasm. Winner, winner for these men. The podcast people can't see me raising my hands above my head right now. This is me doing a football cheer. Um, Winner, winner to the men using sex toys with their partners because look at all the fun they're having. All right, next adventure. Ugh, this is me judging and not even reading you. Um, 77% of the people poll have tried anal sex. Good Lord, I I would think that's high. Um, Here's what else they're trying in the bedroom. 10% threesomes, 30% role play, 27% BDSM. 77% 77% anal sex. I guess we haven't defined that. If anal sex just includes playing around the perineum, there's tons of erogenous tissue there. But my big one, why I like did my semi-judging voice is I never want a woman to do something that's painful or that she doesn't want to do. And I think in a lot of circumstances and again this is me being overly generalized women do it just because they think the man wants to not because it's fun or enjoyable and you can hurt yourself if you're not really aroused and do it right and go slow and like make sure you're not having pain so to me this podcast number what like 125 is the first time i'm giving you my thoughts on anal oh my god i'm sorry i'm now gonna be banned by all of the people who know me um If you like it and it's safe and it's consensual and everybody wants it, God bless. No judgment. But don't hurt yourself. And for the women who are doing it just because their partner wants to, you can say no. You don't have to. Don't hurt yourself. Okay. Kelly says don't hurt yourself. Okay, so tell me what you want. What women want more of from their partner. Foreplay to initiate, oral uh, to be more aggressive, clitoral stimulation, dirty talk, kissing, communication, and toys. What men want more from their partner? Oral, initiate, anal, more sex, communication, talk dirty, variety, more open, and role-playing. Okay, we're going to have to dig into that one too. We need Rosie to give us their opinion. Okay. So at Rosie, we're passionate about starting open and honest conversations when it comes to sex and sexual health needs. We hope you use these results not as a benchmark against which to compare yourself, hey, that's what I told you guys up front, but as an opportunity to ask questions like, what might not I not know about my partner's preferences? How can I start a conversation about my sexual health needs? Or what I would like to try but have been too nervous to ask for and so many more. We believe that it is a reflection and conversation that will change the world for women and our sexual health. God bless. If you want more support, go into the Rosie app. Um, and that was, they surveyed a thousand Americans age 18 to 65 plus who identified as male or female who are in committed relationships to find out the real answers about their sex lives. The average female respondent was between 35 and 44. And the average male respondent was between 45 and 54. God bless Rosie for doing this work. That's awesome of you. Um, one thing I would love for them to ask is, have you ever talked to your doctor about sex? Another thing I would love for them to ask is. How often do you and your partner talk about sex? Because I would love to see like a never category, uh, a couple times a year category, monthly category, just to see how much people are actually talking to each other about sex. I think that would be interesting, don't you? Okay, so that was the first thing I wanted to talk to you guys about. The second thing I wanted to talk to you guys about was there. My my mom sent me this. Oh my God, she's so adorable. She sends me these AARP. So they, they got rid of the retired thing, Association of American Retired People, maybe AARP. Anyway, she sends me this stuff because every once in a while, AARP, I think they actually got rid of like the retired people part. I don't know. Um, but they talk about sex in there sometimes. So she sends me the articles, which is awesome. And this was an article called How Inviting Dr. Ruth into Our Bedroom Fired Up Our Sex Life and the Top Tips. Dr. Ruth is 93. The only thing that irritates me about Dr. Ruth is all these other people trying to say they're the next Dr. Ruth, when in fact, I'm the next Dr. Ruth. So it's not okay when I hear other people saying they're the next Dr. Ruth. And furthermore, Dr. Ruth, Westheimer is not dead yet. So we should not be trying to replace her. God bless. She's 93. She's iconic. She's amazing. She's like adorable and frank and wonderful. I don't know if I'm going to be doing this when I'm 93. Think of how many Instagram followers I'm going to have when I'm 93 years old. Instagram is even a thing. Can you imagine? Take a sip of coffee, swallows intensely, and keeps going. Okay, so here we go. The first thing Dr. Ruth says you should do. Verbal intercourse helps the other kind. If you pick up one thing that is the most important, it's communication. You have to talk to each other. She says this is the hardest but most important advice. What did I just say? I didn't even read this before I was like the Rosie app needed to ask questions about communication. It's so important. Um, Be open-minded. Dr. Ruth reminds readers not to be too quick to say no to a proposal from your partner. Number two, spontaneity is overrated. A common myth says that great sex has to be spontaneous sex, but in most cases, the reverse is true. I'm not saying spontaneous sex can't be great, but rarely do two people hit their peak sexual mood at just the same time without some planning. God bless you, Dr. Ruth, everyone. Um, Okay, so... Oh, it's not a controversy. Controversy is way too dramatic, but it's like experts say you should schedule sex what's experts say you shouldn't the whole point is like to 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 set aside time for each other to be intimate to touch to provide the opportunity for sexual intercourse but if you say like we're gonna have sex on Tuesday at noon it's too much pressure and then people are like like builds up and you get anxious and then when you're anxious you can't have orgasms easily so just be like we're going to commit to like spending some time together. Maybe we'll go on a walk and hold hands and maybe we'll cuddle and maybe we'll just have some naked time. Maybe we'll see what happens and maybe we'll put a penis in a vagina, but maybe we won't. That is way less stressful. So try that. Um, And then Dr. Ruth also says, maybe you have more energy in the morning than in bedtime. If you, I always say this, if sex and sleep compete, sex loses. This is very important for all of my, hardworking mamas out there. If you save sex for like, I'm in bed, I'm exhausted, it's the end of the day, I've got no gas left in the tank. You're like, I don't know why I don't desire sex when it competes with freaking sleep, um, which is essential, otherwise you die. If you don't have sleep, you die. That's very dramatic. But like, that's what our body's like. That's way more important. So sex in the daytime, sex during nap time. Hallelujah for sex during nap time. Yes, I know you're sex, honey, but it's still quiet time. You're going to sleep. Because I like it when sex doesn't compete with bedtime. And that Dr. Ruth does too. Okay, number three, keep it naughty. Oh, what's Dr. Ruth going to say here? Oh, okay, so this is what she means. Repetition can cause them to fall into a rut. If you have the same old sex every single day, time, month, whatever, don't wonder where your desire went because... It's boring for you. And your brain's like, I'm on autopilot. I'm going to think about who's coming over for New Year's. So shake things up. That's where that toy stuff comes in. That's where the like, what should we do besides penetrative sex? If the woman comes easier from non-penetrative sex, incredibly important. Um, Okay. It's hard to maintain excitement for something you've done hundreds of times, Dr. Ruth says. Um, You can role play. You can do other things besides penis and vagina. If it's melted ice cream and it's boring, women don't desire it. We really, really like spontaneity. So there you go. Um, She says, a couple's sex life is not everything in a relationship, but it's not nothing either. With commitment and effort and listening to Dr. Ruth or Dr. Casperson, because hey, you're here. um, We're a testament that the physical connection can become much improved. The brain work is essential. Oh, yeah. That's what I always say. Um, our minds are the real organ that determines how we can enhance our sexual pleasure. She says, when it comes to sex, the most important six inches are the one between the ears. I love you, Dr. Ruth. God bless you. 93. You are not being replaced by anybody except for me, but only when it's time. Um, okay. So... Last but not least, the first thing I wanted to do was go over that Meet Rosie uh, quiz for you. The second thing I wanted to talk to you about was the Dr. Ruth thing. And the third thing, I've saved it for last because it's the holidays and maybe there's still shipping time or you want to buy yourself a present and maybe you love me doing vibrator reviews. So here we go. Two vibrator reviews. Um... I will post a photo on Instagram for those of you who follow me on Instagram, but I actually have an Instagram live up right now so you can see this. So the first one is by my wonderful friends. Um, This is the Irona Zen Hanacha. This is a Japanese company um, and they're amazing. Tenga is the overall company and they have a female centered line, vulva owner, vagina owner line. Um, so this is the Irona Zen. Here we go. I'm gonna show this. Look at this awesome packaging. So it's like this octagonal, like peachish packaging, which is so nice. This is a vibrator. What I love about this vibrator is that it's actually freaking battery-powered, which I haven't seen a battery-powered vibrator that's high quality. So high quality battery-powered vibrator. All the vibrators went like super Bluetoothy and connected and appy and phone app and like all this stuff. And it's like, it's way too much tech for, like, you don't want to have to think about all this shit works when you just want it to vibrate. <laughs> and like, does it need to be recharged? And where's your USB port? And now you have like seven of them in your closet because you have a lot of vibrators that all have like USB chargers and they're not labeled and like first world problems. So it's battery powered and it comes with the batteries, which is nice. You just twist off the bottom and put the batteries in there, which is nice. So a high-end battery-powered, God bless the battery-powered vibrator. The other thing is like I don't like vibrators that have like 80 bajillion different vibration settings because you wanna be like channeling through it to find like number seven and like I'm also not going to take the time to be like what do I think about number three today I just want it to like vibrate nicely and not do weird things and distract me so this one's also pretty simple what I, other thing I really like about this is the tip of it is very soft kind of like the very tip of your nose it's very soft and uh fleshy and it's also kind of ribbed around the edges am I describing this well enough for my podcast or people I'm very sorry if I'm not I talk nicely into the microphone apologizing too. So it is nice. You turn it on from the bottom, battery-powered, don't have to recharge it, no USB cable, doesn't have an app with your phone that I'm aware of, um, soft, very, very gentle to the touch, like way more, um, like, almost feels kind of like a nipple, nipple or the tip of the nose. So it's very nice, almost like the tip of a penis, actually. So it's a very nice, soft, spongy tip for you. I would recommend putting that tip on your clitoris. Um, getting yourself warmed up, getting some blood flow back into your pelvis that way. Don't go from zero to 60, you guys. If it's not an eight, don't penetrate. All the things. Get your pelvis ready for sexual activity. you got to warm it up. It's like you don't just go run a marathon. you got to like warm it up. you got to get the body saying, hey, body, this is what we're interested in right now. This little tip on the clitoris is definitely a great start. So God bless this. They gave me this free... It came to my clinic, we get to all play with it, and then I get to review it. Um, We don't get to all play with it like down there, you know, but like we just get to look at it and comment and say, oh, it's really pretty color. It's peachish, peachy. And then I brought you guys because it's the holiday season and you guys really need to get into having orgasms if you're not. I brought you my favorite thing. I am not sponsored by WeVibe. We vibe, please sponsor me. I'm doing this because I love this product. This is the We Vibe Melt, and it is a clitoral. I don't even know what they call it. Like, there's probably like a name for like a class of these things. I call it a clitoral suction device, or if as you'd like to call it, the finisher. So this little lovely circle oval goes over the clitoris. And then you turn it on. And it does a couple of different powers of waves. But it's literally like a little suction device on the clitoris. I don't know who invented this. I need to figure out who invented this so they can come on my podcast and tell me how the hell they invented this device. Because all these other vibrators, they just vibrate. And, like, that's very nice. And the pelvis loves that. And it's lovely. But, like, this thing sucks on your clitoris. It's insane. Absolute insane. Like... Your eyeballs cross with your eyes closed behind your eyelids. They're like crossed because that's what's going on in your pelvis with this thing. Get the Wee Vibe. It is like, oh, I think it's like a hundred bucks. I'm going to Google this now. I'm done with Dr. Woo. WeVibe uh, Melt is what it's called. And they're in full disclosure. There are a couple of, oh, 30% off Christmas flash sale. You guys check this out. Um, so let's see what this is. Lovehoney.com. Uh, This one's $149.99. They call it a, uh, oh, maybe it's called a womanizer. I thought it was, yeah, WeVibe Melt App Controlled Rechargeable Clitoral Stimulator. Yeah, yeah, somebody on Instagram says they have it. It's so good. I know somebody who has two of these. One of them's in her bedroom and the other one's in her suitcase for travel. You know who you are. I love you. Come on my podcast. Um, So it's so good she has two of them. It's insane how this works. Like, I'm a pelvic surgeon and I don't get it. It's insane. I need to meet the creator. They need to come on my podcast and tell us how what they were dreaming of when they were like, "Why don't we just like make a product that sucks on a clitoris and works in like forty five seconds?" Never let this never let this thing charge run out. It's insane. So here's the point. Their full disclosure: there are other companies that also have clitoral st- uh, we'll call it clitoral stimulators finishers. Um, it's, this thing is so intense. You don't want to just go from like zero to 60. Like you want to be warmed up when this is going on. The perfect time for the clitoral stimulator, I think is you're having a good time. Things are going well, but you're like, I just don't know if this is going to happen tonight. And I just kind of want to have a great orgasm right now and I'm ready. And I just, you know, I'm not sure what else it's going to take. Boom. You use that thing. You don't like say like kids are in bed, boom, put this thing on your clitoris. No, don't go from zero to 60. Like it's a finisher. It comes in when the audience is already warmed up. That's when it comes in. Don't have it go on early. Um, and it comes in pink. I don't don't think this is pink. I think this is coral. And it also comes in like a purpley blue color, which is nice. So I don't care what color you have. Um, that was my secret to you. I'm like, how, when, at what point do I become comfortable enough to like tell you my absolute favorite it's not even a vibrator. It's a clitoral stimulator. It's a clitoral sucker is what I call it. So if that's too much for you, just, you know, go to my next podcast on recurrent UTIs and I'll bore the hell out of you again. So here we go. Exciting things for 2022. Number one, Santa is so good to me this year. Santa is getting me a brand new microphone for you guys who can see this. I have a, here's my Rode. This is my Rode microphone that I podcast on. And it's an awesome microphone, super user-friendly. It was so kind to me. And uh, see, then I can slide it out. And I love it. And I'm upgrading to like the podcast microphone. So what that means to me is I've podcast enough and I'm like into it and it's happening that I'm willing, well, me, I'm, I just, I just told you who Santa was. (laughs) Uh, Santa slash me is saying is committing enough to the podcast to be like i'm throwing down on some serious kit it is the microphone that apparently michael jackson recorded thriller on and joe rogan uses and like it once you start looking at people's podcasts like there's a certain mic that they all have and it's pricey and you've got to know how it works because it doesn't just plug into the computer you have to like put it through a sound box and like get this other thing for gain and i had to learn all this now i know more about sound than i ever did so that's what's coming new microphone. Number two is I'm currently working, you might've seen this on Facebook or Instagram, but I was sharing some like prelim co- podcast cover art uh, that I'm working on. So I'm upgrading um, my podcast art cause it's time. My podcast art is, the picture of me on there is actually, I'm actually pregnant and it was four years ago, four and a half years ago was that picture. So it's beautiful, it's lovely, body image, love yourself. Your body's not an apology. But it's time to upgrade the picture. So, um, that's what's new. Podcast, got some exciting sponsors. Gonna do some sex coaching, probably with Rosie and probably with another company, which I won't announce to you guys yet until it's happening. Are those all my surprises right now? Um, and hopefully, God, I think I'm gonna wake up tomorrow. This podcast will be out Wednesday, December 22nd, and, um hopefully I have 10,000 Instagram followers. That'll be kind of, I'll do a little dance. Oh, ah, one last thing. The amazing thing for podcast, this podcast for doctors. And I, I'm pretty sure nurses, nurse practitioners and PAs, but anybody who needs like level one CME is I found a way for you to purchase CME credits for listening to this freaking podcast. There'll be a link at the bottom of each podcast. Let me know if you love it because then I'll just like Back. I can backdate all the other podcasts too, which would like is insanely a hundred and some CME credits for pretty cheap. The average po- uh, the average CME cost for people who need to know this is like twenty to fifty bucks per credit, and I'm getting it for you. I think for twelve dollars for listening. So you listen to the podcast and then you journal about it, and this company gives you level one accredited CME for people who need CME. For all you other folk, just ignore that because it means nothing to you, but like how awesome to listen to me and get CME for it for pretty, for about as damn cheap as you can get CME for in general. Um, and all my podcasts aren't even an hour long and you can listen to me at 1.5 speed, which is where I shine and get your CME credit. So that's the other new thing. Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy new year. I freaking love you guys. The stories I hear, like I heard the story in the locker room this week of a woman who's like, I saw your podcast, love it, and I went to my doctor and got vaginal estrogen. The amount of women who have gone to their doctor and gotten vaginal estrogen because of me, I get like the, there's no award for this, but like at some point when I'm big enough, I don't know how many Instagram followers I need or podcast rankings I need, but I'm going to take all these women, take all of you guys, just freaking rally and Get the pharmaceutical companies to give us freaking $4 vaginal estrogen. Preach it to the choir. It's skincare. It's a chronic medication. We have to use it till we die. Otherwise, we get general urinary syndrome of menopause. We need $4 vaginal estrogen. And that is going to be my platform that I'm going to be known for is getting some generic company to get for, I'll go to Walmart, I'll go to, kmart exists anymore i'll go whatever target whatever pharmacy it is for four dollar vaginal estrogen that's going to be my platform and you guys are on it and i love you and thank you so much so until next time remember you are not broken god bless i love you thanks for being here